When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Welcome to Cry Like a Boy, a Euro News original service and podcast that explores how the pressure to be a man can harm families and societies. Stay with us as we travel across the African continent to meet men who defy centuries-old stereotypes. I am Khoposo Budibe with you from Johannesburg in South Africa. In this follow-up conversation with our European gender expert Hilde van der Skuk and Burundi-based activist Grace Françoise Nibizi, we will continue exploring the Abatangamucho a community group in Burundi comprising of men who are carrying out a revolution against gender-based violence through theater, changing established views and mentalities, and fighting against domestic violence. We urge you to listen back to the first half of this conversation via our website, www.euronews.com slash programs slash cry like a boy. Now, there is a growing school of thought that the attainment of gender equality requires the engagement of men and boys, the main perpetrators of gender injustice and upholders of patriarchal norms, as I have alluded to earlier. What is your view on this and how can the involvement of men and boys, as we've seen with the Abatanga Mucho, be scaled up? I'll actually pose this question to you first, Grace Francoise. In the past year, we have realized that all activities we've been doing, we never really engaged with men and boys. It's like we were just talking among us, among women who are trying to do something to empower women and girls so that they can at least be empowered, uh, I mean, uh, financially and socially. But it's very important to even educate boys and, women and, and men because sometimes what they're doing is what they have been learned. It's, that's how they grew up. So it's, it's very important to educate them and tell them that although our culture say this and this, and although they have been socialized, consider that women have to be passive, women have to be submissive, uh, women have to be dependent on men, women are powerless, women are weak. All those, they have to be educated and tell them, to show them that it's not true. And that 
goes through education, through sensitization, and through engaging men and boys so that they can have, have another view showing them that women are not powerless. Women are powerful. And uh, that's why I kept on saying the job Abatanga Mucho are really doing is fantastic, is excellent. Unfortunately, they are really not supported so that they can cover the whole country, cover the whole provinces. I wish even their model could be exported to other countries because, as I said in the beginning, it's the same all over African country. It's the same in Europe. It's the same all over the world. Thank you so much for that response. Hilda, your response to the same question. So in terms of engaging boys and men, yes, uh, I think I do think that's a crucial aspect of achieving gender justice, because indeed we need systematic change, like any systematic change needs to involve the whole community and the whole community consists of men, women, girls, boys and women who or, or people who don't identify as either gender. And to achieve gender justice needs to be a community effort uh, involving everyone. And uh, certainly, you know, to have programs and campaigns that particularly talk to men and boys to to challenge them, but also to take their challenges um, seriously, because it's not like as this uh, Cry Like a Boy series is showing us as well, like masculinity is harmful, not just to women, it's toxic masculinity is harmful to, to boys and men as well. I'll give an example. The Norwegian police had this campaign a year or two ago that I think was really interesting. Um, they took this concept in Norwegian, it's called Sharnikar, which basically translates to like a really properly good guy. They made this big campaign spread over buses and everything, basically saying that a Sharnikar, a good guy, is someone who will stop his friends if they are kind of stepping over the line with a girl, if they are harassing someone, if they are going home with or taking home someone who is too drunk to consent to any kind of sex, you know, basically uh, to try to play on that notion that guys want to be good guys, to make guys actually check each other's tendencies to act on the more toxic and destructive aspects of uh, expectations to masculinity. And I, I think that was a really interesting campaign, and I think it's, uh, it's a good way forward. Francoise, is the word getting out about toxic masculinities in Burundi, are people getting information, and is there sufficient information about it? During this week, um, I posted on my uh, WhatsApp uh, statue uh, actually, I wanted to know exactly whether Burundian know if they really have, uh, especially Burundian men and boy, know anything about toxic masculinity. First of all, I wanted to know if there is a word in Kirundi which says about toxic masculinity. And I was very shocked and amused on, <laughs> about the questions I, uh, I got. I, I got like uh, 50 different, dif different answers uh, concerning uh, the toxic masculinity word itself. Uh, but at the end, uh, I retain like two words. Two words. Uh, one is uh, akanyarigawo. Akanyarigawo in, in Kirundi means 
that uh, a man who is really boasting, it doesn't really explain the toxic masculinity. It explains how, uh, a, how a man or a boy has to stand on himself. Uh, whether he's doing bad or, or good, he has to stand up, uh, on, on his decisions. And that showed me that the toxic masculinity is not really in their, in their minds, in, the, in, their heart, in their head and heart. And which means it's something which has to be really talked about more. Educate uh, men and boys, actually the whole community need to be educated so that they can see that the toxic masculinity is really very bad. It's very harmful and it has got very d direct consequence whether to women it themselves and to the whole family and to the whole country. So toxic masculinity in Burundi has to be to be really talked more about it's good that we have that group of people who have realized that our some of our norms in our culture are really very harmful and i believe it's going to take a long time to change because as i said in the beginning it's something which is rooted in our culture but i believe it's going to be good, success successful at the end Hilda, can you tell us about your experience working with the Abatanga Mucho as a European woman? What were your observations? Talk to us about that. So I traveled to Burundi. It was the first time of, in my life that I was there, something like nine years ago. And um, traveling out in the countryside and meeting these men, um, I remember my translator who had helped me set up the interviews, he told me that many of the men wanted to have the interviews uh, with their wife by their side. And I remember thinking, I don't think that's a good idea because, you know, he might not speak as freely and she will, you know, because I was expecting her then just to like back him up and be supportive and be difficult to get any critical question. What I did get was this really, really interesting dynamic where these men would talk sometimes with a bit of humor and also with always with loads of kind of regret and, and self-reflection uh, about the way they had mistreated their wife who was sitting next to them. And she would be kind of supplementing his narrative and correcting him, which he would just completely accept. And I realized that this was really not just a, a story about the man's change, but a story also about the woman's change and the couple's change and um, the change of a whole family um, from like one that was dominated by a very toxic type of masculinity to one where the man would, you know, start to accept that he should listen to his wife, collaborate with his wife. Uh, do some of the wife's work, but also that the wife would accept that, you know, her man would do women's work sometimes. And she would be expected to, you know, step out of the expectations of femininity. So it was interesting how uh, it was really a journey for the both of them. Uh, that was one of my kind of main observations, how interesting that was and how that, that had kind of like brought the family closer together. And another thing was just the passion that these men had 
for, you know, spreading the word and convincing, you know, true art, theater, just like discussions, um, to convince the other men in their communities um, that, you know, they needed to make these changes as well in order to be happy. Not just because it was right, not just because there was some kind of like moral imperative, um, but you know, because it was good for them, because it was good for the community, because they would feel better, they would do better by stepping out of that toxic masculinity. And that was fascinating to me. And I'm I'm thrilled now because it's been a while since I did this research and I've been thrilled to listen to the podcasts that you guys have been doing and to see that the movement is still thriving and to see many of the men that I met, to see that how sustainable it has proven to be, I think is, is fantastic. Hilde, how do you see the next steps for the satyrs of women in the world? Are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? And, and why, if you're pessimistic or optimistic? I must say I'm fundamentally an optimist, uh, but I do think that humanity is moving forward, even when it looks like we're moving backwards. If you take a step back um, and look at the bigger picture, we are progressing. It's getting better. In Europe and the US, like in Western countries, um, the Me Too movement, I think, was uh, it was a watershed. And it showed how there was like, even in a country like Norway, where we do tend to get a little complacent and think that, well, you know, we've achieved gender justice, we're good, you know, we're so equal. Um, there was this conversation to be had about the really, really toxic, hidden impacts of, of gender roles and, and gender expectations and uh, gender hierarchy um, in the workplace, in cultural life, so on and so forth. And we were able to have that conversation. It has brought up this uh, shift in the public perception in terms of, you know, taking women seriously and taking women's experiences seriously. Uh, and of course you get backlashes, of course you get, you know, um, you get those who would say that like, you know, who don't like phrases like tox toxic masculinity because they see that as kind of like calling all masculinity toxic. Uh, and again, like we will always have these discussions. We will always have the backlashes. We will always have, you know, pockets of progress and pockets of regression. But I think overall, I am optimistic. I see more awareness, more kind of sophisticated understandings of Uh, the negative impact of gender inequality, more willingness to see kind of the hidden impact of gender inequalities and the, and the hidden inequalities themselves. Um, so yeah, we'll go up and down, back and forth, backlashes, progress, but um, in the grand scheme of things, I'm an optimist. Can I ask that same question of you as well, Francoise? Yeah, of course, I'm optimistic. I'm very hopeful. Um, Uh, because I can see what Abatanga Mocha are doing. And as I mentioned, uh, it's going to take a long time because, uh, but at least it started, it started. And what has Abatanga Mocha trying to do is to change the way of living and changing a way of living of a community. It does, it can't just happen in a, in one year or two years. So, 
I'm very uh, hopeful that at the end, even though it's going to take a long time, it, it's, it's going to happen. And for the moment, I even know that uh, not all men that change uh, their ways after being at uh, or receiving messages or testimonies from Abatanga Mucho uh, change. I know it's a long process. In order to be an Umutanga Mucho, a man has to show various commitments and expose himself as uh, as somebody who can be a peer. So it, it's a long process and Abatanga Mucho principles and uh, and uh, and values uh, uh, somehow it's are very hard to to Burundian men and uh, and boys because in the beginning they were used to something else and which were very easy for them. So it does it won't go happen in one day, in one year or five years. But I'm very hell, uh, hopeful that at the end it's going to change. It's going to change and and have that, and we're going to have that justice, uh, gender justice we're fighting for. Thank you. Thank you so much to the both of you. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute learning experience to be speaking with you. This show has been produced with me, Khoposo Budibe, Clarice Shaka in Burundi, Marta Rodriguez Martinez, Lilo Montalto, Monella, and Naira Davlashian in Lyon. Special thanks go to Lori Martinez and Studio Oshenta for helping us produce this podcast under special conditions. I would like to thank our guests, Grace Francoise Nibizi and Hilde Osland van der Skook. For more information on Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original service and podcast, go to euronews.com slash crylikeaboy to find opinion pieces, videos, and articles on the topic. Follow us on Twitter. At Euronews is our Twitter handle. And we are euronews.tv on Instagram. Also share with us your own stories of how you changed and challenged your view on what it means to be a man. Use hashtag cry like a boy. If you're a French speaker, this podcast is also available in French. Dan La Tête des Hommes is the name of the podcast service. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.